If you, if you can open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, that's where we're going to start today. Worship team, we may, we may close with that song, the extra song we had, so just be ready. Hebrews chapter 6, you know, as I was thinking just about, you know, it was the last Sunday of the year and, you know, what, what do we say, what do we look at here the last Sunday? And I, I felt like that the Lord, what the Lord was saying was, I go before you. I go before you. You know, and this scripture in Hebrews talks about Jesus doing that during his sacrifice, during what he did on the cross, uh, what was actually happening in the, you know, kind of in the heavenlies uh, was there was a, you know, it wasn't just something happening on earth. There was things happening in the spirit realm, in the heavenly realms. So I want to read this scripture and just really just take a couple minutes to, to look at God going before us. And it's verse 13, Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the word. Hebrews 6, 13 said, When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. It says, People swear by someone greater than themselves. And the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. And because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary or the holy of holies is what that is. It enters the holiest place behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He's become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. I'm not going to talk about Melchizedek today. I, I believe I, I did that recently in a message and talked about him. We're not going to go into all that. That's kind of complicated. Uh, I'm really just trying to keep it simple this morning. And the simplicity is this, that Jesus goes before us. You know, Jesus went before us. It says here that, that he actually went into the holy place um, you know, symbolically, Jesus wasn't crucified in the Holy of Holies, right? Uh, he, he was crucified on, on an actual hill, on an actual cross uh, in, outside of Jerusalem. Uh, he was actually there. 
uh, in body. He's actually present there. He was totally human and totally God at that exact moment when that was happening, when he was pouring out his sacrifice. But spiritually, you know, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about the, the heavenly tabernacle, that there's, you know, the stuff on earth was a copy of what's in heaven. So in other words, there's, you know, whether there's literally this or this is symbolic, that Jesus symbolically went into the holy place first for us. And we have to understand that we, people before never had access to the presence of God. There was, there, was no, there was no chance to get in. There was, you know, only the high priest and only once a year. That's a pretty, you know, you have a better chance of winning the lottery maybe <laughs> than getting in the presence of God, than experiencing the, the very presence of God. Think of it that way, how, how rare it was, how few people experienced that in all the earth until Jesus went before us. That Jesus went before us, He's, it says he is a forerunner, and he was our high priest. In other words, he went before to take care, and this time he didn't sacrifice an animal, he sacrificed himself once and for all. It says also in the book of Hebrews that Jesus, because he was the perfect sacrifice, he only had to be sacrificed once. If Jesus wasn't perfect, then his sacrifice would have been just good for a year. It would have been one good year and then back to 2020 over and over again. <laughs> Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. <laughs> Here we are again. Wake up. We're like, what? Did something change? Uh, but, G- but that's not what happened. It says Jesus was sacrificed once and for all. And as I begin to think that God always has said, I will go before you. And so it's a good promise to hold on to that God says, I'm going to go before you as we go into a new year. To say, I'm going before you. If you think about in the Old Testament, before the people went into the promised land, what what did God say over and over again? I'm going before you, or sometimes he would say, I'm sending my angel before you. I'm sending someone before you. The, the way is being prepared for you. There's things ahead of you that I'm taking care of that you don't have to take care of. I'm going to go before you. I'm going to, I'm going to prepare the way. I'm, I'm going to make a path for you. I, my, your, your footsteps will go into a path. Think about this, this, this scripture that's so common that we know that, you know, the, the, the footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Why are they ordered of the Lord? Well, he's already gone before and walked in the path. And so they're ordered by him. They're ordered by his steps, his way, his footprints. And so we get to follow him. And so Isaiah 52, 12, just another, just a great scripture that talks about this, a promise of God. But you'll not leave in haste or go and fly. For the Lord will go before you. And the God of Israel will be your rear guard. He's got your back and your front. He's gone before you, but he's also saying, as you walk forward, I got your back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover you on the, on the places that you can't see, on the things that, that you have no idea about, on the things that are going to sneak up on you that are unexpected. I'm going to be your rear guard. I'm going to cover you from those things, and you're going to walk through, and you're going to be victorious, and you're going to walk in my peace and my presence and my goodness and my grace, and you're going to walk through it. 
As we all know, that doesn't mean that life is perfect. Just as Ashley was talking about, you know, take heart. You know, we don't have to take heart unless there's something to take heart about, right? Jesus wouldn't have to sit sad to take heart if we wouldn't have had the opportunity to lose heart. If we wouldn't have had the opportunity to be discouraged. If we wouldn't have had the opportunity to give up and say, I'm not going that way. I'm not going I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to press on. I'm not going to move forward. But Jesus goes before him. What does it say also later? You know, for the, that Jesus, for the joy set before him, he kept going. He endured the cross. Hebrews 12 says that. For the joy set before him, he, he continued to press on. He was going before us. Y'all want to just look at an account as an illustration in the Old Testament. First, excuse me, not 1 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 5. If you want to turn there, you can. 2 Samuel chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 17. This is just another example. You know, there's so many examples, you know, that God goes before them and prepares the way, especially of the promised land. God says that over and over again in the Old Testament. You know, I'm going before you. I'm preparing the way. I'm I'm clearing the path. I'm, I'm removing enemies that you won't even have to face, though they still had to face enemies, right? They still had to face, they still had to fight battles. They still had to face challenges. Uh, They still had some defeats. Uh, they made mistakes, they sinned, they did all kinds of stuff, but it's God was still giving them the promise, going before them. That Jesus is our forerunner. So it's 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 17. We're going to read two accounts of David. Uh, you know, King David, when he was king, and he was facing the, the enemies that he was facing at this time, and he faced them many times, was the Philistines. It says, when... When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands. You know, it's a great just little principle here is just because you see the enemy doing something doesn't mean you need to do anything about it. That David says, should I go, should I go right now? Is this, is this my battle? Is this my fight? Do I need to mess with this right now? Or is that something that, you know, I just need to leave them alone and I'm going to go this way? You know, people get off track in all kinds of spiritual warfare stuff sometimes because they're in battles they were never supposed to be in. That's how you hear these stories of people doing all kinds of crazy spiritual things and they get all this stuff happens to them. Like, wait, I thought they were the spiritual one. Well, were they supposed to be in that battle? Were they supposed to mess with that thing that they're messing with? Because not every enemy is, is yours to deal with. First of all, every enemy is Jesus's to deal with and he lets us participate. He lets us participate in his victory. So just because there's something going on in my life, I can resist it. I can stand against it. But I don't necessarily need to deal with that whole situation. So David says, shall I go? Should, should I go? To, is, this, is this mine to deal with? Will you deliver them into my hands? And, and it says the Lord answered, go, for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. You know, I think there's several times that it says that David asked God stuff. And whenever he, whenever he asked God first and then went and did it, it worked out. 
Just a good idea, right? <laughs> but there are a lot of there are several times when it's when David didn't ask God stuff. You know, you think about the whole whole thing of Bathsheba. It's like David never asked God, "Should I stay home and let the let the armies go into battle?" And then his mind wanders into lust and all kinds of crazy stuff. And boy, yeah, David was a man after God's own heart, but he had a hard, much harder life because of his sin. Doesn't mean God stopped loving him. God still had, had a covenant with him. God was still even blessing him. But he had a lot of consequences. There was a lot of junk that was released in his family because he didn't ask God. There's another time where David, it says, David decided to count all the soldiers. Count all the men in Israel. That's, I believe, at the end of Second Samuel. Uh, or at the end of First Samuel, possibly. That uh, David... You know, it says that he wanted to count everybody. Second Samuel. I just read it with my son. And, you know, it's a really strange story. You know, David counts all the fighting men. And then it says, after he's done, you know, it says his, his commander, Joab, says, Why are you doing this? You know, sometimes you've got your friends in your life that are like, Why are you doing this? And it's sometimes good to listen to them. Right? So, you know, if you've got trusted friends in your life and they're like going, what are you doing? You should probably stop. You know, they're, if they're a good friend, they're probably not trying to keep you from something good. They're probably like, I don't know about this, man. This, this like, sounds kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know. Did you, you know. Did you ask God about this? You know, David didn't ask God. He didn't inquire of the Lord. He didn't check with them. He didn't, he didn't bother. He just did it. And it says then, because David did this, he counted all these men. And it says then God was angry. And then a plague was released in their nation because of David's choice not to inquire of the Lord and count his people. And, of course, you may ask the same question that my son asked. Why did that happen? I said, I don't know, son. No. I thought you figured it out. No. Well, why, why, did, why, was, why was God angry with David? Because God wanted David to trust in him, not the amount of men he had. Because it was a sign of lack of faith and trust in God that David counted his men to know, Oh, hey, I've got a lot of people on my side. David's strength was always not in how many soldiers he had, his own abilities, his own strength, his own talents, his his place of victory was in trusting in the Lord. Yeah, we can't get away from that. We can't get away from trusting God. We, you know, He's going he's gonna to strip away things when we put things in our life that, you know, we trust them more than we trust Him. It's going to fail. It's not going to work out. And most of the time, you know what? It's because we don't ask Him about it. We just don't inquire of the Lord. You know, it's a good practice. Inquire of the Lord. Check in with God and see what's on his heart. And sometimes we check in with God and we say, I can't hear anything. Well, then don't do anything. Don't go into something that you haven't heard from God about. He's going to speak to you. He's going to direct your path. He's going to go before you and he's going to say, now is the time. It says that he shuts doors that no one can open, and he opens doors that no one can shut. The one thing we have to know is this. Just because the door's open, should I walk through it? There's an open door before me. Well, what if that's not your door? (laughs) 
We got we got locks on our our bedroom doors now in our new house. Kind of interesting. You go in, you're trying to <laughs> open up, kid. <laughs> you know why? It doesn't matter. <laughs> if I say open up, you open the door and door, right? Okay, uh, that was free. That had nothing to do with the message. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna take this doorknob off. <laughs> I'm gonna take the door off. <laughs> You ever have a parent take off a door to your room? I didn't. Uh, I was a good kid. <laughs> I was a perfect child. That's my mom. Um, so he opens doors that no one can shut, and he shuts doors that no one can open. But here's the thing. We just need to know, is this my door? Is this the door you want me to walk through? Because he's gone before me. I don't want to go to some place that he hasn't gone before me into. I don't, I don't want to go somewhere. And so David, it says he inquires of the Lord. And the Lord says, go, for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. Verse 20. So David went to Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. And he said, as waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was called Baal Perazim. Which and in David, it's a play on words. David is using the words for their God, Baal, Baal, and that God is breaking out against them. So in other words, this is like the God of the breakthrough. So the Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them off. Now let me give you a little Old Testament lesson here uh, that I learned in Bible college. It's this. The Old Testament is about two things. And you help you understand a lot that's going on in the Old Testament. Land and worship. Okay? Thank you, Dan Stewart, if you happen to be watching a random live stream today. Professor and pastor Dan Stewart. Uh, whatever class that was. The Old Testament is all about land. If you look through all of what's going on, especially with the people of Israel, it's all about the land and the gods they're worshiping. And so it's, it's interesting here that it, when it says the Philistines abandoned their gods, in other words, they had idols, they had actual wooden and, and uh, maybe metal idols that they had carried with them. They left them there. That was a sign they were saying, look, these, these things are not helping us win the victory. We're, we're abandoning our gods. We are, we are leaving them here. They were not worthy of giving us the victory. And because every people group believed in whoever won the victory, their God was stronger. And so when David wins the victory over them, it's a declaration of the greatness of God. It's a declaration of his lordship and his power that he was with his people and he was bringing the victory. And so that's just kind of a little free thing there that if you read through the Old Testament or if you decide to read through the Bible this year and you're following the reading plan... Just notice how many things are about certain pieces of land and about worship. What God is being worshipped. Almost all of it is covered in there. And a lot of things, important things happen under a tree. Three things I learned in that guy's class. Uh, don't remember the rest of it. Uh, Hebrew prophets was the title of that class. Uh, so it's chapter, or verse 22, excuse me. So once more, the Philistines came up and spread out. In the valley of Rephaim. Same place. Same exact place. Same exact valley. And look what David does again. 
he doesn't just assume that he's supposed to attack. Right? Same valley, same enemy. Same valley, same enemy. Sometimes we think, right, we're in the same place, facing the same things, like this is what I did last time, and so I'm just going to do it again this time. Because we want, we all want a formula, right? We just want it, we want magic. We don't want spirituality. We want magic. Magic is this. You do it a certain way and it always works, you know. You do the card trick, boom. You do it one way, boom. Magic, it works. You have a two of clubs. Ah, you know. Um, that's not how life works with following Jesus, though. It's not magic. You don't always get the two of clubs. You don't always get the ace of hearts or whatever card that you want. You have to inquire of Jesus. So David, rather than he does what is wise this time, it says David has the same enemy in the same valley, and David inquires of the Lord. He says, I'm still going to ask God, what do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do this time? I faced this group before in the same exact place, but what do you want me to do this time? And the Lord answered, do not go straight up. Isn't that interesting? Don't go right away. <laughs> but God, last time I prayed this way <laughs> and we, we played this worship song and we were in this, this location and we did it this way and I put my hand on their shoulder and you did it something amazing, Right? God said, do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. There's the trees. <laughs> A lot of important things happen under trees in the Old Testament. Check it out. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move quickly because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. Isn't that, isn't that cool? I just think it's amazing how David both times faces the same enemy, but he inquires of God, and God says, I'm going to do it differently this time. I'm still going to deliver you, but I'm going to do it differently. This time, you're going to have to wait for the sound in the trees. When you hear the sound in the trees, then you go. But don't go right away. And this time you're going to come around to the back of them. You're going to, rather than attacking them from the front, you're going to go around to the back. And I'm going to go before you. And it's a beautiful picture of God going before us to win the victory. That we want to make sure that He has gone before us. And so as we go into a new year, just know that the Lord is going before us into this next year. He was going before us into this year. Can you imagine what 2020 would have been like if there was no God? Imagine what 2020 would have been like if you didn't have Jesus. Can you think of several things this year that Jesus did in your life, even though there's all kinds of stuff that we didn't want to have happen? Think of the things that Jesus did in your life. Remember those things. Because... That's what God was doing this year. You're like, hey, God, what about all this other stuff? He's like, yeah, 
It was going on. But here's what I'm doing in you. Here's what I'm doing in your heart. Here's what I'm doing in your life. Here's what I'm speaking into your situations. You need to hear from me. And so maybe as we go, God is just reminding us as we go into a new year, let's inquire the Lord. Let's check out, check with Jesus and let him, let's get his heart for what's going on. Let's not check in with whatever else may pull our affections and our attentions that, uh, you know, there's going to be things that we're going to face. What if we're facing the same thing next year that we did this year? We can't go through it the same as 2020, even if we're facing the same things. We need to inquire about God, what are you saying right now? Last year you said, go right at it. And this year you say, wait a second. You're going to wait until you know that I'm going ahead of you. You're going to wait until you hear the sound in the trees. You're going to hear the, the wind of the Spirit is going to begin to blow. And you're going to recognize my presence. You're going to recognize what I'm doing in a way that you haven't, haven't seen before. And you're going to win the victory. You're going to see victory in your life. You're going to see God be the overcomer, overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimonies we were singing earlier. And so my encouragement to you is this, is two things, is we remember so that we can go forward. We remember the faithfulness of God so that we go forward knowing that He goes before us. It reminds us when we look back at what God has been faithful in in our lives, it gives us faith to believe for the future. It gives us faith to know and begin to see. Because no matter what, He's going before us. It's just a matter of, am I going to follow Him? Am I going to go where He wants me to go? It doesn't matter. I'm, I want to go where He wants me to go. I don't, I, it doesn't matter if it's easy or hard. You know, we've, we've kind of got that beat out of us this, this year, maybe, that it's not necessarily easy. It's not necessarily comfortable. It's not necessarily the way I want it to be. It's not my perfect, you know, view of life. Guess what? That's not, this is not heaven. This is not heaven. If this was heaven, we wouldn't have an expectation for something more. You know, it talks about the Bible that we're longing for. You know, I, I understand a little bit more after going through this year and walking through things with all kinds of people in our congregation and all the loss we've experienced. And know what? Guess what? I am a little bit more ready for Jesus to come. You know, sometimes as Christians are like, hold on, God. I got lots of good things going on down here and I'm not ready yet. But maybe he wanted to burn that out of us to know, hey, you know what? You have nothing going on here that is worth me waiting and not coming back when I intend to come back for. What I have prepared for you in the future is way better than the best thing that you can experience on earth. You know, we're so, we have been so uh, conditioned to... You know, we're to experience flesh, to experience the natural realm that maybe God is just trying to squeeze us a little bit to say, I want you to experience the reality of the spiritual realm more. I want you to experience my kingdom realm a little bit more because that's what's going to count. It's breaking in in, 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 in glimpses here and glimpses there, but it, the fullness is not going to come until I return, till Jesus comes back to earth and establishes his authority and his reign forever and ever and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and that is I need to be hopeful for that to happen 
If you're not hopeful that Jesus is going to come back, if you're nervous about it, if you're scared, like, what if I'm not ready? Then get ready. Are you ready to meet Jesus tomorrow? We have to be ready to meet Jesus at any time. We are not promised tomorrow. There's not been a tomorrow promise. The tomorrow we have promised is the tomorrow in heaven forever. That is promised and that is secure and that is guaranteed. But me raising my kids the rest of my life is not promised. That Jesus is more important than anything that I can receive or experience or obtain or be a part of on earth. That Jesus is more. And so we say, just as the end of the Bible says, what is the last words in the Bible? Come, Lord Jesus. That's the last words in the written, inspired, infallible, inerrant, breathed on by God. Word of God is come. Lord Jesus. So this is the part where we're going to close with communion. (laughs) Yeah, maybe God just pulled a fast one on us. My wife went and got this. We got some propel. I don't know if you saw us early on in the songs. Everyone like, no, 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 let's just, let's just let it go. <laughs> I don't know, it's 2020. I guess we could just pour these in little cups and get some, count that as juice, fake berry. <laughs> we're, we're not going to do that. We're, we're, we're just going to let that go. We're going we're gonna to have communion ready uh, Thursday night. So we'll, we'll have communion Thursday night to close out the, the new year like we always do. Uh, we might have both. I, I think we'll just have to have the real kind, actually. So go back. Maybe that's what God wanted. He said, I'm done with the plastic ones. <laughs> oh, crazy things. So let's, let's, but I want us to close. Worship team, let's, let's come on back up. Uh, we're going to close with this song. And this, this song definitely was picked intentionally by me. Uh, it's very hard to sing for it's not one I'm even comfortable singing, but we're going to go ahead and sing it because uh, I think it, it's, it, it speaks to the message that was, that was presented from the Word today. Uh, but if you, I'm going to invite, just while we're singing this song, if you, if you need prayer, come on up, and our leaders will be ready to pray for you. Uh, I know there's not many of us here today, so that if you, or if you just want prayer, we can, we can pray for everybody. We've got time to, to pray for everybody today. But we're just going to take this time and just kind of respond to the Lord. So if you, if you want to stand up, we're going to just close with this one song about God going before us, Him being our defender, and us worshiping Him no matter what's going on around us.